I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net.
comes from Luke 11:38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, he, Jesus, entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Um, so about, um, about two years ago, I discovered this ancient tool called the Enneagram. Um, and so about 300 to 400 years after the life of Jesus, a bunch of Catholic priests um, got together and they started working with these, these nine points, this nine number system for describing people. And they started looking at people and looking at their sins and looking at their beauty and their brokenness. And they came up with this system of understanding people. And they called these the, the nine faces of the soul. The idea is that each of us have all nine of these faces in all of us. But one or two of these faces are more visible in me than in you. And two other faces are more visible in you than in me. And so in the season of Epiphany, we are moving, um, we are going to, to move through these nine and going to have our nine epiphanies of the soul as we ask the question, who am I? Who am I in light of this God who meets us in a manger and who will not hide his face from us on the cross? Who am I in light of who this God is? And so the Enneagram has helped me to understand the beauty of my husband, Help me to understand the beauty in some of these folks here. I don't know where I'm pointing because I don't know if I'm zoomed in right now. Um, to, to better understand my brokenness and their brokenness um, as we seek to grow together. And so last week, we talked about the Enneagram One, the reformer, the person who sees, um, who sees the world as it should be. They make the world a better place. They illuminate for us the goodness of God. They are constantly improving themselves and improving the space and the world around them. That's the beauty of a one. The negative though of a one is that as their anger grows in them, if they're not careful, they can become overcritical, negative, always seeing what's wrong or not there, never seeing what is or what's right. And so this week we are shifting to the two, the helper. Um, and we love these people. We love twos. My best friends are twos. They're always at the PTA meetings. They're at the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. They're at church. So if I said last week that the ones are at church, the twos are also at church. If you're moving, the, sh the twos are the ones that show up when you're moving with their like vans and the fold down seats, right? If you've got wisdom teeth removed, the twos bring their grandma's recipe of potato leek soup. This is who they are. Thank God for the twos. We love the twos. There is no church without the twos. I said that about the ones, but equally about the twos. There is no church without the twos. The twos are serving so that you can sit and you can worship. Thank God for them. The two is pulling the trailer. 
on Sunday, not just because it's right, but because they know that by towing and upload and unloading the trailer, that it's helping make worship better. It's making worship better for you. The two is setting up our hospitality station because they care deeply about your needs for worship. The twos care about your need for hot coffee and a hug and a bulletin and a name tag so that you may feel like you belong. They understand how by serving in these areas, they are helping you to worship better, to belong better, to know Jesus better. Thank God for the twos. You should thank them for what they do because they do everything. So today we're going to look at a two in the Bible. Last week we picked on the boys, um, two sons. And so this week, ladies, we're going to dish it in your way a little bit. As, as Jesus is traveling from one village to the next, it says, uh, he comes across a woman named Martha who invited him into her home. Classic too. They always invite you into their home. Some of you have no room for Jesus in your home, and yet you are inviting Jesus in. The twos always invite you in. She welcomes Jesus in. She senses that Jesus needs a place to rest, perhaps a good meal, somewhere comfortable to sit. She senses Jesus' needs, and she tends to Jesus' needs. This is the great thing about a two. And her sister, the skinny cute one, um, <laughs> it, it doesn't say that in the text, but women are the worst. And so if we're going to pick on the men, we're going to also pick on the women. Like, um... <laughs> because women are the worst sometimes. Martha is tending to Jesus's needs and her, her sister, the skinny cute one, um, is just over there sitting at Jesus's feet the whole time, listening to him, hanging on his every word. And it says Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted. Listen to me twos. You're wonderful. You are beautiful. You take care of us. You serve us. You help us. You help, and you help, and you help, and you listen, and you ask, and you listen, and you ask, and you listen, and you ask, so that you might know and attend to the needs of those around you. But you are distracted, Jesus says. By what? Oh, so many things. <laughs> Oftentimes we get so wrapped up in the details so wrapped up in the tending, the serving, and the helping, and the are you comfortables, and the can I get you anythings, and the what do you needs, and the stay as long as you want honeys, and oh you poor baby let me listens, that you miss key opportunities. But let, let's give Martha some grace for a second. So how many of you, honestly, how many of you would be just a little bit nervous if Jesus was coming to eat at your house? A little bit. A little bit? A little bit? Probably a lot of it. Yeah. So, like, if you did not raise your hand, you're a three, and you're a liar, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if you're not nervous that Jesus is coming over to your house, you're lying. Let me, let me assure you that your Instapot is not good enough for Jesus. <laughs> It's just not. Let's give, let's give Martha some grace. Can you imagine how stressed, I wrote stressed AF in there. <laughs> um, can you imagine how stressed 
you would be if the Lord Jesus Christ was coming over your house to eat your mom's recipe. Martha is distracted by the dinner and the details and the helping and the serving. Why? Because God's here. But at this moment, she comes to Jesus and she says, and can anybody detect a little bit of unhealthy one in this phrase? It doesn't seem fair. Remember last week once? They're the world's referees. Foul over here, it's not fair. Martha says, it doesn't seem fair that my sister just sits here. My sister's just sitting. And I'm over here working, I'm over here wiping, and I'm over here serving, and I'm asking you what you need, Jesus, and I'm propping up your feet, Jesus, and I'm wearing the potholders, Jesus, and the skinny cute one, she's just sitting, she's doing nothing, women are the worst, <laughs> she just sits there while I do all the work, and Martha says, tell her, tell her, you're the Lord, you're the embodiment of good and right, Jesus, but I've got a suggestion for you. I know that you're busy running the universe and you're saving humankind from our sin and brokenness, Jesus, but I've noticed something that could use your attention, Jesus. Tell her to come here and help me. Why? Because everybody should be serving. Everybody should be helping. Everybody should be wiping and working all the time. We should all be tending. You should be concerned with the needs of those around you. Tell her to come here and help me. That's the way the two see the world. You all should be serving. We all should be helping. We all should be soccer moms. We all should be do the lawn ourselves. We all should be serving. No one should worship. Everyone should just tow the trailer. Let's get about 10, 10 SUVs backing up to the same trailer. No one should be worshiping. Everybody, all 25 of us, should be under the hospitality tent on Sunday morning. No one should worship. Everyone should be serving. Tell her to come here and help, Martha says. But the Lord said to her, and this is how Jesus tells you off. <laughs> oh, my dear Martha. You feel that? Oh, Martha. Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, Martha. You are worried, <coughs> and you are upset. You're upset about all the details. But there is only one thing I'm concerned about. Listen to me, twos. How sad would it be if Jesus came over your house and you missed sitting at his feet? Twos, you can get so wrapped up in the preparing for Christmas dinner that you miss the entire Christmas altogether. Or you can get so wrapped up in, in fleshing out the needs of your guests or your friends or your family. What do they need? What can I do for them? How are they feeling? That you miss entirely what you need, which is sitting at Jesus's feet and soaking up his wisdom and his grace and his glory. For a two, it is easy to serve. It's easy to clean, it's easy to do, it's easy to listen, it's easy to tend. It's hard to just sit. 
and spend time and mutually share space and needs with other people and with God. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset about all the details, but there is only one thing you need to be concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has decided to sit at my feet and learn and hear and receive everything I have to say to just soak it in. The most important thing to a two is that is is not what's happening at your house, is not the food you're preparing, but the food that Jesus is serving. And twos can miss this. Honestly, praise God for you twos. <laughs> praise God that you're even watching this video right now. Praise God. That's a miracle for a high two. That's that you must be a healthy high two. Because an unhealthy two doesn't know what to do with just worshiping with no task associated to it. So I'm I'm just supposed to watch this thing? I'm supposed to that's supposed to be good for my soul? <laughs> because often unhealthy twos they they don't go to church. They serve at church. You know the difference? Twos will hitch the trailer, hand out the bulletins, make an extra pot of coffee during the service, pull out more chairs for the extra folks who come during the service, start mentally breaking down the worship space in the middle of the sermon, and do that every weekend for an entire year and not once be able to tell what the sermon was about. Twos, it's often easy for you to serve at church, but hard for you to just go to church. So twos often don't go to church when they're not on the setup schedule. Because, because if I'm not doing, if I'm not helping, if I'm not serving, who am I? I'm not needed. So what's the point then? So who is the helper? Twos thank God for you because the helper reflects God's heart for service. It's good to serve. We need servants true servant leaders. We need people who work. We need people who volunteer. If our church doesn't have twos, we shut down, <laughs> shut completely down. You know why churches have to hire all kinds of part-time positions to make the music run or the children's ministry run or facilities or set up because they don't have enough twos in their church. People aren't serving. They're not helping. The church doesn't have enough twos. Twos reflect God's heart for service. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Service is at the heart of what it means to be a disciple, and you all get that. How can you be a follower of Jesus and not serve? How can, how can this be? Because we, we abuse twos, and we let them do everything so that we can do nothing. My dad is a two. I know he is. Um, when I was growing up, if mine or my mom's plate was empty, my dad would run over with a pot, 
ready to fill our plate back up with food. It, it was, um, he, it's like he was just waiting there, like right here, tucked right behind me in the left corner. And then as soon as my plate was empty, he'd be right there. Can I get you anything else? Can I get you, are you still hungry? What do you need? Um, and so I got married. <laughs> and uh, now if my coffee cup is empty, um, I'm just waiting. <laughs> and Chris is like, What's wrong with your legs? Are you like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're just waiting. And I got so used to the old like plate filled, cup filled, plate filled, cup filled. Twos, you're wonderful. We need you. We need you in our lives. You can always tell a, a, a two by the incessant wiping that they're always doing. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure you wiped that counter. I'm pretty sure you wiped that counter two seconds ago. It's still actually clean. Um, but go ahead and wipe it again if that makes you feel better. Um, get it nice, you know, get it nice and wiped down. That's that's a two. It's like all the inattentiveness to their own needs comes out in wiping counters, their counters, other people's counters, everyone's counters. You know a two when they come over your house and they start wiping your counters. So what is the core motivation for a two? Their core motivation is is to feel loved. To feel, to feel loved, they've got to feel useful. And so don't tell a two to stop serving you. The goal of this is not to tell you to serve less or to go tell all your twos, stop wiping. <laughs> tell them to serve you, but don't, don't abuse them in it. And as they serve you, help them understand what the goal of service is to begin with. Because if, if twos aren't careful, they will fall into the trap of codependency, finding their identity and serving, doing for others until you don't know any other thing beyond your job or you don't know yourself at all beyond mother. And so if you're a two and you're a parent, you've got to prepare yourself for one day when your kids will move out because it will likely feel like your life is over and it will feel like you don't know who you are anymore because your identity is wrapped up so much in what you do for them. And if you're a two, there's gonna be a day when you've gotta retire. They're gonna make you go home and you're gonna to have to stay home. And do you know what happens to many twos when they retire? They don't know who they are anymore. They lose their identity because who they are is wrapped up in what they do. So listen, listen to me twos, your identity cannot be wrapped up in what you do because it needs to be wrapped up in who you are as a child, as a son or daughter of God. Your motivation is to feel loved, but your inner need, what's fueling you inside is that need to be needed. If I don't, if I don't have a job, who am I? If I don't have kids, who am I? If I don't have grandkids, once my kids have moved out, who am I? If I can't help and I can't serve people, I don't know who I am. It's great to be helping and serving, but you need to know you're more than that, twos. God didn't just create you for service. God created you for relationship, and Mary has chosen the right thing. So turn off the Instapot and sit down at the table. Often for a two, the safest part of the party is the preparing or the cleaning, and the part in between can be terrifying. We learned last week that God's the God of the party. But the party can be terrifying for a two because somebody might ask you what you want or how you feel. The party itself can be terrifying for a two sometimes because there's, there's, there's nothing to do and now you just sit with your feelings. Here's how the two gets lost in that. They're so focused on the needs of others 
Without, without the twos, we would completely ignore everybody, so that's great, but they're so focused on the needs of others that, that they can't see what they need. This is why my, the twos in my life, the twos in the church, are always trying to teach me how to do pastoral care. <laughs> they're always coming up to me during the service. Did you hear it? Did you hear so-and-so? Did you hear Did you hear that this happened to them? Did you hear it? What did, what did we do? What did we do? Which is another way of you telling, asking me, what did you do? What did you do, Michelle? Did you do what you're supposed to as a pastor? Did you see them in the hospital? Did you take care of them? Did you send them a card? Um, and I appreciate that because without the twos, we wouldn't, we wouldn't care for people well. The twos see needs. They see the needs of others and they care. Twos are the best people to have around when someone's dying. You have somebody with cancer, you want a two. Because it, it, at that moment when you are starting to, to look and feel and act not like the person that you've been your entire life, when your needs are outweighing who, you, who you've been, the two doesn't care. They love you. They love you and they show up. But twos, I need you. <laughs> I need you to see how your incessant serving is not the call of every single other person. It is good. It's a good and holy thing to be a servant of God. That's part of what it means to be a disciple. But twos, your sin wells up in you. That sin of expecting that of others. And your sin is the hardest to identify because you're so good and you're so beautiful and you're so, you're so selfless. But your sin is the sin of pride. To you get so wrapped up in what you do that the others around you who aren't doing You've put yourself on a, on a little on a little throne. You, you're the one who serves. They don't serve. And that putting yourself on the serving throne, you, you stay after church, find a one, you gossip with them for a little while. The one's over here saying, you should, you should, you should, you should. You're like, yeah, they should. They totally should. Um, if you're a two, if you're a one, two, you probably are talking to yourself after worship. Um, yeah, they should, they should, they should. Yeah, I serve all the time. They should, they should, they should. Um, and your pride gets the best of you twos. And the thing about this, though, is what's really, really down deep inside is the shame. Is the shame that if you, if you didn't do this, who would you be? The shame that results from your sin of pride is that if you didn't do this, if you didn't live this way, if you didn't serve incessantly, who would you be? Would you be worthy of God's love? And so you put that on other people. And so I invite you to let that go today. Would you join me in a prayer? God, the twos in each of us, we wipe and we do and we haul and we serve and we help. Not for the right reason, not because you've called us to service. Because down deep inside, we don't know who we are unless we're doing. We're not fully convinced, God, that you call us worthy and beloved if we have not done, if we haven't served, if we haven't helped. And so we put ourselves on our serving thrones, our doing thrones, our best mom in the world thrones, our our active, active worker thrones. We are the best at our job. We are we are the most selfless at everything to cover up that deep down shame that if we didn't have this, who would we be? And the thing is, others have figured this out. Other people have figured this out. They're not, they're not worried about 
whether what they do is wrapped up in how much they're loved. And we have something to learn from them. And move in our hearts today. Forgive us of our pride and our, our judgment towards others. And free us from that shame that says we're not good enough. So that we may be your selfless servants, the people you've called us to be, those disciples who live and breathe service to the world. It's in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Table.